Quiet on set. Rolling. Action. Hello. Hello. Welcome back one more time to And Cut. <laughs> I'm Caitlin. And I'm Sebastian. And today we are going to do another movie review for you guys. What, and this what? time it is for Chippendale Rescue Rangers. Such a good movie. Oh my goodness. It just it felt, was it just a felt wild right. Ride, that's for sure. <laughs> So, I don't think Chippendale was in theaters. No, it was if, not. Okay. So, then it's only on Disney Plus. So if it's you haven't classic. seen it, watch release it. right to DVD. But it's, yeah, it's, it's like <laughs> release right to Disney Plus instead. Yeah, uh, I had no idea this movie was even coming out. I don't know if any of you guys felt that way as well, but I had never heard of it. <laughs> I just knew of it the moment I saw it on Disney Plus and I was like, "Yep." And I started seeing on TikTok, like, it got pretty viral. Oh, really? I mean, I'm not surprised. Yeah. Um, we'll tell you why. So, it was directed by Akiva Schaefer and written by Dan Greger and Doug Mand. It was hmm. voiced... Dale was voiced by Andy Samberg. Chip was voiced <laughs> by John Mulaney. John Kiki Mulaney. Lane was Ellie, uh, one of... The only human characters yep. I think we had. Well, we saw a lot of human people, but they didn't really have speaking roles and whatnot. Yeah. yeah. A lot of it was cartoon-based, obviously. Will Arnett played Sweet Pete, a.k.a. Peter Pan. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we have Eric Bana, who voiced Monterey Jack, uh, who's one of like the From original the Rescue Rangers. I don't, think this, I don't know if this is the voice that initially voiced him, but... We have... Dennis Haysbert as Zipper, Keegan Michael Key as a frog coworker. Um, Tress McNeil plays a high pitched version of Chip. I'm going oh. off of IMDb. Tim Robinson plays Ugly Sonic. You mm. heard that right? Ugly Sonic is in this movie. I love it. Seth Rogen plays Bob the Warrior Viking. J.K. Simmons is Captain Putty, aka our police sergeant. Uh, Jimmy the Polar Bear is a voice by Devon McDonald. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of what else. I think that's good. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of names that we know, some that we don't know. Um, so just to explain a little surprised. bit what these movies all about. So if you remember Who Framed Roger Rabbit, it's pretty much that thing of cartoon characters are actual like living beings mm-hmm. and they just live in the normal world with us and they're just actors that act for these different movies that we yeah. see in cartoons so Chip and Dale is pretty much going on to the same uh, route as who framed Roger Rabbit uh, and it's almost like it's the same universe I and think it's so, yeah. a full on homage to mm-hmm. uh, who framed Roger Rabbit to the point that Roger Rabbit is actually in this movie for a brief second as a side character, for sure, but he's... Well, yeah, he's, he's there for, like, it. literally yeah. two frames. Mm-hmm. And it has, like, one line or something like that. Yeah. But it's definitely showing that it's a complete homage of that mm-hmm. movie, and it's the same concept of all of these cartoon characters are just actors. Yeah. Just as anybody else. So, yeah, it gives you this uh, biography, history of the relationship Chip and Dale have had with each other. Mm-hmm. They were best friends. They went to the same school, and I think That's how they, they moved friends. in, like, fourth grade is when Dale moved <laughs> in, I think. Uh, they became best friends. They started um, going into acting, had a TV show together. They started in theater. Yeah, and then we find out at the very beginning of the movie that uh, Dale was offered a 007-inspired mm-hmm. movie deal 
So he backed out of the show. Double O'Dale. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Chip and Dale did not speak to each other after this. Chip considering it to be like a really big betrayal. Chip, mm-hmm. I think, went on to work in just like an office nine to five. Yep. We saw that at the beginning Insurance of the thing, I think, too. And then Dale is going to these conventions trying to get people to he still thinks he's famous for, to see him like, he thinks he's still famous even though the show was back in the 90s and mm-hmm. presumably we're in the present day yeah <laughs> um so yeah people are saying to him though that you're not people aren't gonna come up to you if you don't have chip with you and mm-hmm. dale's like oh i guess but i don't know we don't speak to each other um so there's clearly some beef but one of the things that we see in, right off the bat when we're in the present day is that Dale actually got a surgery. Oh, yeah, I forgot. <laughs> Such as, like, like people get... CGI yeah. surgery, like plastic surgery. It's like plastic surgery to look CGI. And he was like, oh, you're just jealous because I look CGI and you don't. Yeah, it's it's very interesting seeing the two animation styles mm-hmm. partnering up with each other because Dale's still in, like, that 2D yeah. world and he's now in, like, a 3D world now. <laughs> um... But I, I, it's a funny thing that, that they bring up quite a bit. Um, but yeah, so they both end up seeing each other again because their friend Monterey Jack seems to have gotten into some money troubles and borrowed from the wrong it's pretty people. much drugs. He got into drugs, but in the show it's cheese. It's cheese. Yes. <laughs> but it's a movie, by the way, not a show. Um, and so then, I'm trying to remember, he gets kidnapped and because he didn't pay for the cheese. Yes. And now Chip and Dale are like, ugh, we have to work together. Because Captain Putty, the, the chief of police, clearly doesn't know what he's doing enough to really be able mm-hmm. to solve it. They know it's a gang. I forget what they called the gang of people. Maybe they know it's Sweet Pete. I'd honestly mm. forget. Um, is that kind of scenario that they know who it is, but they don't know how to find them and they don't know how to frame them? Yeah, because they don't have enough evidence yeah. that it's really him behind it. So Chip and Dale team up with Ellie, who works at the police station as kind of like a detective, but yeah. not enough authority on her own to really do anything about the situation. She just sort of like helps them out as their mm-hmm. human partner in crime. Um, so they try to solve the mystery and they know automatically probably who took him was Sweet Pete and his gang. So they try mm-hmm. to infiltrate and that's when they find out that Sweet Pete has been running this operation where he'll kidnap a, <laughs> a former star and bootleg them. Do you want to explain what bootlegging is? Sure. So in the real world, bootlegging is like sometimes just finding out where to watch these different shows and movies illegally without actually paying for whatever mm-hmm. subscription they're on. But sometimes bootlegging is making a really bad copy of a show or a movie. Mm-hmm. A.K.A. like instead of being, um, let's say, The Lion King. It's uh, the Lion Queen, for example. Yeah, or something like Or the Tiger like that. Queen. Uh-huh. Uh, so it's just like making a similar story, similar characters, but just making them look different. Mm-hmm. So that's what he's doing. He's actually grabbing the original characters and yeah. making bootlegs of them, aka surgically removing pieces of their body and adding new pieces of their body, changing the style of animation, changing mm-hmm. how they look, and then making different movies with them. So that are that complete they mm-hmm. so he and they gave the money. example of Flounder, 
from The Little Mermaid. Oh, yeah. I was so sad seeing that little fish. With a huge nose. With a huge nose and everything. <laughs> but, yeah, so they discovered that that's definitely what happened to Monterey Jack. And he's going to get bootlegged soon, so they had to find him. So they track down... They do everything they can to track down Sweet Pete um, through a series of mishaps. <laughs> all while they sort of start to realize that they can become friends again, or they at least missed each other mm-hmm. enough that they want to try to become friends again. Um, they even sort of reconcile your differences when he says, um, when, when they like open up to each other for the first time about how they yeah. feel about each other, not in that way, but how they <laughs> feel is like how each other, how one treated the other. If they felt like one was more important than the other. Than like, when Dale like, ex- like when yeah. Dale, like uh, when Dale told Chip that he was going to do double O mm-hmm. Dale and Dale was actually expecting Chip to be like, no, I need you in this show because it's the two of us, not mm-hmm. only me. And that didn't happen. So he went yeah. on with double O Dale. And it seemed like Dale, like, felt like Chip was, like, the front runner. Betrayal. Um, and wanted wanted that as well. It's hard when it's a duo, but they seem mm-hmm. to um, come to terms with it. And then they find Sweet Pete's lair, the bootlegging machine. Chip actually gets caught in this machine <laughs> and ends up with what I assume to be, like... A dog ear. A dog ear, like Yeah. Because the machine was, like, was like very close to mm-hmm. ruining his entire body, but he just ended up with a weird ear. Um, and so that's when they, through another series of mishaps, that's when they find out. Because we originally think that Ellie is working with Sweet Pea. Because we know... It's really confusing at points. Is at points, yes. Well, we it, know that, the poli- that someone in the police is leaking information because how in the world... Would Sweet Pete know where they were at that point? Mm-hmm. Um, so at first, at first, I, when I was watching, I thought it was Ellie just because she randomly mentioned that her mom or oh, grandmother yeah. uh, recorded the tapes, even though they, it wasn't ever aired where the grandma was living, and so kind of suspicious. No, it was the other way around. It was never aired where she was living, but she was like a huge fan, and they were like, "How are you a huge fan if you if you didn't see the show because it doesn't air where you live?" And she was like, my grandma used to tape them for me. Yeah, and that's what I meant, me. yeah. So, they were a little bit suspicious, but she actually was a good guy, like, completely innocent. It was Captain Potty, who was working with Sweet Pea um, and helping with the bootlegging mm-hmm. system. Hence why nothing was being done, because it was a corrupt policeman. Um, so, they end up, again, through a series of mishaps, um... Taking down Putty, taking down Sweet Pea. Sweet Pea actually gets ended up getting like caught in the bootlegging machine mm-hmm. and becomes like oh, this yeah. cat warrior is the best way I think it gets. It's like describe. the final boss of the yeah, game, pretty exactly. much. Exactly. Um but they end up taking them down. Um like I said, there's cameos of a lot of other characters. Uh Ugly Sonic, I think, is the one that I remember the most just because it's, it's, cool it's horrifying because he has like a beer gut and full on teeth mm-hmm. and I'm just huh. One of the interesting <laughs> things about this is that whenever the director is asked about uh, Ugly Sonic, he says that all of the questions he's gonna leave for the lawyer to answer. <laughs> because they have to always um talk about Sonic as ugly Sonic. Mm-hmm. Otherwise they will get in um in trouble Copyright. with Sega. Yeah. And, and they will get copyrighted and whatnot. But that's why they always refer to Sonic as Ugly Sonic. And actually, in theory, based on what they say in the movie, Ugly Sonic and Sonic are completely different people. And yeah. Ugly Sonic is like the one that almost got the role. The ugly twin, kind of. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's kind of funny if you think about it, because the way I just thought of it is like Ugly Sonic is almost like a bootleg 
version Pretty of much. Sonic. <laughs> well, it's like casting, and he didn't get the job. He's it's just... still just really funny. Um, yeah, so now let's go on to some reviews. Dun, dun, so, dun. first off, I always go to Roger Ebert. Uh, he gave two and a half stars. Oh, come on. Um, <laughs> let me see what he says. Right off the bat, I think that's wrong. Why? I don't know. Two and a half? Come on. Two and a half out of how many? Three? <laughs> Five. I know. It's, it's a joke. <laughs> I didn't get the joke. But the execution of all this, the best way to keep us engaged with story, is lacking. Even when cinematographer Larry Fong gives us the progressively kooky events, a, a couple explosive action sequences, when there's a joke about a third act twist thing being cliche, it's more like trying to cover the tracks. It doesn't help that the jokes n- are not related to current properties, just aren't funny or memorable. Vincent Company tried something similar to this a few years ago. Um, this movie isn't that bad, which is a plus. It's also better than the Oven and Chipmunks films, but it's still stuck in the usual spot, animated movie spot, for, of trying to make something for kids with some irreverent references and deep cuts for the adults. Take away the cameos and the recording booth and animate it on screen, and you get something that's a little too close to the same old junk. I think that what he's going for is that they didn't try to actually target anybody, and then they just tried to target every single person. But as many references as physically possible, because they even reference like Star Wars and Beauty and the Beast. I don't think a really young kid will enjoy it as much as a teenager or so. But I think both adults and kids can actually enjoy this movie with no problem. I thought it was it was it would have been fun as a kid. I think watching this Mm because you and I weren't alive when the original show came out. I was in like the early nineties. I think. Uh, and we're 2000s babies, so... <laughs> but, I mean, going back to, to Who Framed Roger Rabbit uh-huh. and some of the uh, Looney Tunes movies, they do the same thing as, like, the characters being cartoonish with mm-hmm. the real world. And I've yeah. always enjoyed those movies. And I think mm-hmm. this is just the blast that everyone yeah. can enjoy. I really enjoyed it. And I've also not... haven't, like, seen much of Chippendale. I never had a connection with them. Yeah. I, for some reason, thought there was a part of, like, Snow White's storyline. Oh, come on. <laughs> just because there was no other chipmunk I could reference. And they even actually reference Alvin and the Chipmunks yeah. in this movie, which I thought was really funny. Um, as, like, they want to be better than them or something. I just want to <laughs> say that the movie was an hour in. And we were just having so much fun watching it that it felt like it was, like, 20 minutes in. It's clearly a kid's movie, but yeah. the references were just, like, really great to me. So Many now... of them were like, if you know, you know. Exactly. And if you don't, you don't. <laughs> uh, next, I have a site called culturevultures.com. It uh, says in the title, Glorious Meta Goodness, is what it Ooh. says. If you're a big animation fan, Chippendale Rescue Rangers is probably the most fun you'll have watching a movie all year. Of course, since it went straight to streaming, you'll most likely be watching it in your living room couch instead of a cinema seat. But that won't matter. Chippendale Rescue Rangers is going to put a gigantic smile on your face throughout. While this movie makes plenty of references to the original Rescue Rangers show, the two have almost nothing in common tonally. The show is a very kid-friendly adventure show, while the mm. movie is a buddy action comedy film filled with pop culture references. It's not what you would expect from a Chippendale reboot, but in many ways it's even better. Disney could have easily played it safe with a fun but forgettable adventure film, something like mm-hmm. The Rescuers, but instead they decided to take a risk, and it's a risk that pays off well. I really like that, yeah. It almost feels like it's a successful fan service. What do you mean? Like, they did it for the fans, and they just tried to give us something that we they knew that we wanted, mm-hmm. but we didn't know we needed. This is a new hires idea. 
this can't. I don't think this came <laughs> from somebody that's been working there for like thirty plus years. This is somebody that was like, a I have a perfect idea to tie all of this together. <laughs> but yeah, no, I agree. I really think it pays off. I I've never seen the rescuers, so I don't no. know how much of a dig that really was. But I mean, it's not like they went too deep into the rescue rangers, the original show. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there's like the collection that Dale has and whatnot, but it's and not like... And you see the original cast of yeah, it as Yeah, well. but it's not like you have to have seen the Rescue Rangers oh, to yeah. know what's going on. It's pretty easy, yeah, honestly. Yeah, pretty straightforward. So the last one that I have is from loudandclearreviews.com, and it also has a very meta comeback. It gives it four stars out of five. Nice. Even as the fan of the original Chippendale Rescue Rangers animated series, I wasn't so sure how this film based on it would turn out. When this adaptation was unveiled, my excitement was replaced with confusion because of the fact <laughs> that John Mulaney and Annie Samberg oh, yeah, would star as the voices of the titular pair. Though I think both actors are funny, films with celebrities voicing beloved animated characters don't exactly have the best track record. Looking at you, 2011's <laughs> The Smurfs. Smurfs? Smurfs. Time passed, and I basically forgot about it until the trailer dropped. That trailer was pretty decent and immediately gave me Who Framed Roger Rabbit vibes, like you said. Yeah. And no, this wasn't just because Roger himself made an appearance in it. 2022's Chip and Dale Rescue Raiders actually looked good to me, even with Mulaney and Sandberg using their regular voices to voice Chip and Dale. The movie sounded cool and way too good to be true, and I figured the rug would be swept out from under me at any moment once it released on Disney+. Plus. I mean, just think about the concept of chipmunks being former actors on the successful <laughs> Chip and Dale cartoon and living in a fictional world filled with humans and cartoons and thus experiencing why they speak normally there's no way that there isn't a catch right uh chip and dale rescue rangers is actually really good however it's also very meta in a way that some may not be too comfortable with Mm -hmm. uh living uh so he goes on to give a synopsis the film is very meta it contains plenty of cameos and references throughout its 98 minute runtime the cameos references aren't just from properties owned by disney either much like who framed roger rabbit which famously featured a scene mm-hmm. with bugs Mu- bugs bunny and mickey mouse interacting you never know <laughs> who will show up or be referenced in rescue rangers um you'll see chippendale not only interact with human characters like detective ellie steckler um I'm sorry, I'm reading. <laughs> Throughout the narrative, Chip and Dale will interact with various types of characters and that believably believability never really goes away. A lot of kudos must be given to the animators and those working behind the scenes to put this film together. Speaking of the narrative, it's very fast-paced and doesn't drag out all the story. Seems mm-hmm. like a big episode of the original Chip and Dale. It gets digging into the mystery right down to the way things wrap up really quickly at the end. Most of the comedy comes from the meta nature of this Rescue Rangers film, but it also uses any cameos in an effective and hilarious way. Even the smallest of cameos throughout were able to elicit a chuckle or at least a reaction. Nice. A I couple really like things that. on uh, the voice acting that I think mm-hmm. are really interesting. The first one, so in Chippendale Rescue Rangers, the show, mm-hmm. they actually have this really um, high pitched voices. That yeah. Like, nye, 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 nye. And they actually talk about it being like that's just a fake voice that they use for the show. Yeah. But they have a different voice in real life, mm-hmm. obviously. Uh, it's like sometimes they just practice their their high pitch voice and whatnot. So it's like mm-hmm. that's how they try to explain the difference between the voices. Because it might have become a little bit annoying if you just have those voices throughout the entire movie, trying to make it a little bit more serious. Mm-hmm. Now, when John Mulaney is in this movie, I cannot stop just picturing John Mulaney actually saying these words, <laughs> like him at the on microphone. The <laughs> yeah, it's uh. such a voice. 
Like, it's you know it's him. Yeah. It's like The Rock. You know who it is. <laughs> yeah. So you can picture them saying these mm-hmm. things. And that's something that is constant throughout the movie. Yeah. So if you like John Mulaney, you're going to love this movie. If you hate John Mulaney, you're going to hate this movie. Well, isn't it kind of like how you don't like Seth Rogen's oh, laugh? Oh, my goodness. But then whenever you hear it, you're just <laughs> like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. That's definitely not how it is. I don't it's know. Even it's worse really annoying. That. It's really annoying. <laughs> Seth Rogen. Oh, my goodness. My boy, you're probably funny, but I don't get it. You're probably funny. <laughs> <laughs> Never seen any of your movies. I'm so sorry. If we work in the future, you definitely have seen some of his movies. You're lying. If you if you, if we work together in the future, just don't laugh. <laughs> just don't laugh ever in front of me yeah. or around me at any time. <laughs> if I hear you, my goodness. Anyways, <laughs> deviating. <laughs> yes, that's my point. <laughs> So, what what do you think? What would you give it out of five? I think out of five clapping boards, I am going to give it a five out of five clapping Why? boards. Why? I was thinking four, but then I was thinking, what do I not like from it? I think I enjoyed every single second of this movie. I will rewatch it again. I will mm. rewatch it multiple times. And just based on that fact, because I don't rewatch any, like most movies I don't rewatch, and you, you know hate I hate rewatching them, anything. I think just that alone makes me think that I can give it a five out of mm-hmm. five. Also, too, like, there's so much happening on each frame, especially in oh, those yeah. scenes when Dale's, Dale's trying to, like, get the people's attention at the convention. There's so many things happening, so many mm-hmm. people walking around. You can spot so many characters that you know. And I think that's really fun for so me. So rewatching it, you can actually find different stuff. Exactly. I want to yeah. rewatch it just for that purpose alone. But, yeah, I'd give it a 5 out of 5. I was just laughing. I didn't take the plot too seriously at all. Mm-hmm. I thought of yeah. it as, like... The plot was not the main point of watching it. It was seeing all the... I was seeing Ugly Sonic, I think, yeah. was one of my main interests. <laughs> but just seeing everybody all together also was and you went, I, went, You went in there, like, pretty much blind. You well, yeah, because you were like, do you want to watch this movie? Yeah. And I was like, I guess. <laughs> and you just press play immediately. Now, on that note, just a little bit on the sideline. Uh-huh. This movie makes me really excited for the new Kung Fu Panda. I don't remember if it's a show or a movie that's coming to Netflix oh, with really? Jack Black. As Why? Pope. Just makes me really excited because it's like, my dude, I like him. My dude. Period. I, I don't remember Jack Black being in this movie though. I know. <laughs> <laughs> you just wanted to mention that yes. randomly in there. Okay. And it is also interesting because we just watched another movie with Jack Black in it. And... Oh yeah, we watched Anchorman for the first time. Yeah. yeah. Anyways. <laughs> Do you have anything else that you want to add? No, I. It was just such a fun time. If you're if you're gonna really dig into the plot, that's not the point of watching it. <laughs> but if you do, that's actually there's nothing bad in yeah, it. There's nothing bad about. it. I'm just saying, like, because it's still I, interesting. Like the plot, you can sort of see a little bit of it coming, but mm. a little bit. Like you know what's gonna happen at the end, mm-hmm. but for example, you don't really know who the bad guy is. I just appreciate. Yeah. The animation. All the different styles of animation mm-hmm. that happen. I can't even imagine how long this movie took to film <laughs> and make and everything. Because they not frame. only had to do the animation for each, each of the characters in different animation styles. And you had to have the humans interact with mm-hmm. them at the exact same time. Oh, that would hurt my brain. But I love it. I would say definitely watch it. Mm-hmm. Get Give those animators some more what money. What are you waiting for? <laughs> <laughs> Just go and watch it. There's yeah. no... You're not going to go wrong with this movie. Of course. Period. (laughs) Anyways, I think that was it from us. Thank you so much for being here. And we'll see you again either 
later this week or next week. I don't at this point I still don't know. You'll see us when you see us. <laughs> You'll see us when you see us sometime soon, maybe yes. not. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. And, and cut. cut.